Welcome to Refocus. I'm your host, Trevor Wilson. This is a podcast of Sunday school lessons that I've taught, some sermons that I have preached. Uh, I have various guests at different times. Uh, Basically, the, the whole idea is to just kind of refocus back on the Word of God, going back to those Bible stories, studying the scriptures. Let's just, just kind of get out of ourselves, out of our own thinking, and go back to the Word of God and see what He has to say. I love those old Sunday school lessons when we were kids. We seem to have gotten away from some of those, just the bare bones bottom of what the Word of God, the meat and potatoes, if you will. So I hope you enjoy it and pass along and share. Now, let's get to the lesson. Hello, I'm back again. This is Steve Wilson, and uh, we are about to embark upon another uh, section or edition or whatever you want to call it uh, of our journey through the book of Matthew. We have now progressed up through Matthew chapter 21, and verse, well, 12 sort of. Um, I know last time we actually read 12 through 16 and sort of began to address that, but um, we really only got into some of the things that occurred at the uh, triumphal entry. Um, So we're going to kind of move on into some of the events of that week and begin to reveal to you the various days that are pointed out in Scripture, I believe. And as we go through this, we'll verify our belief that um, he was actually crucified on Thursday. We really won't finalize that till we get all the way down into chapter 27, but hang with me. Follow the events as we present them to you, and uh, hopefully we'll learn a whole lot of other stuff as we go. But Anyway, um, as I said, Jesus has entered into uh, Jerusalem. He made the triumphal entry. Everybody's uh, cheering and shouting Hosanna in the highest and all that sort of thing. And he then begins to recount the events of the week. Um, So in verse 12, and Jesus went out into the temple of God and cast out all of them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables and the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. <laughs> um, now this is the same day. This, this is the same day as the triumphal entry. Some people try to divide that up as if this were the beginning of the week, but it doesn't say that. Um, I believe he entered the city on uh, Sunday, um, went into the temple on that same day, and immediately began to do things that um, angered the hierarchy. That was kind of the first thing he did that began to turn everybody against him. He started with the, with the higher-ups, you know, the Pharisees and all that. and began to do things that uh, immediately turned, you know, they were skeptical of him in the first place. They had already somewhat opposed him in the things that they'd heard and some had seen him do. Um, and um, so they, you know, they they weren't big on this whole idea of people following Jesus to begin with. But he begins to openly defy them, and and, um, and do things that cause people to take sides. They either stand with Jesus or 
they stand with the hierarchy, the Jewish hierarchy. And so he went in there and the scene, as you picture in your head, uh, inside the temple. Now he's talking about in the courtyard and so on, and there are different areas uh, within the walls of the temple. There are different courtyards that you had to progress through and different people, they were kind of in stages, you know, everybody was allowed into one and then only certain people were allowed into the other one and so on. So this is in the area where pretty much everybody is allowed, but it's within the realm of the temple enclosure. And um, what happened was, it, it says he overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. All right, the, the, number one, um, they would only take Jewish currency. So people that came into the temple area to make sacrifice, uh, first of all, would have to have Jewish coin. Not everybody did. Uh, you know, there, were, there was Grecian currency, there was Roman currency. Um, so there was different types of currency. So there were money changers there. And uh, of course there was an exchange rate and all that, you know, sort of stuff that went on because they, many people had to convert their money into Jewish coin. Well, there was a premium to make that happen, you know, because what you have to realize, this had become a business for the hierarchy. They saw an opportunity to make money, and, and they were. And one of the ways they did that was at the money changers. So they, you know, they would charge a, uh, a premium to... Uh, you know, to exchange the currency into Jewish currency. Um, so the question comes up, well, okay, why do they need money in the first place? After all, aren't they just coming to make sacrifice? Wouldn't they just be bringing their own lambs, turtle doves, whatever it was, you know, and there were different things that you were allowed to offer and a lot of it had to do based on your economic stature and that sort of thing. Um, some didn't have anything. They would uh, they would just come and purchase whatever they needed, and um, you know that's you know they would just come into the temple, um, buy whatever a pigeon, a dove, as it mentions here, and that sort of thing, and then offer it up as a sacrifice. Um, and so they found a way to make money on that. Well, um, so inside the temple area, it, it, and things, bear in mind this, that once you get into the temple area, it's kind of like uh, if you're on a trip today and you're traveling down the interstate and you need gas. So you pull off at an exit and you get gas. Well, you know that gas is typically more expensive the nearer you are to the expressway because there are more motorists. People don't want to drive for miles to get gas. You know, they have to stop more often. So you're going to pay a little bit more. You're going to pay somewhat of a premium in order to get gas because you're close to the expressway. You get off into some of the rural areas back in your hometown and that sort of thing, and you may be able to find it a little cheaper. Um, so you kind of had the same situation going on here. Now, you could, you could bring your own sacrifice. If you didn't have it, you might be able to obtain a sacrifice somewhere and bring it with you. But if you didn't, if you waited until you got to the temple, the closer you got to the temple, more likely you were to pay a little higher premium. And so 
uh, number one, you got the money changers there taking advantage of the people who don't have Jewish coin. Number two, um, you know, they were selling the sacrifices. They had people there who were selling, you know, would bring loads, you know, a stock of the various sacrifices and people would buy them, but they would charge them a premium rate inside the temple area. Well, that's two things that would occur. Here's the third thing that would happen. When you brought, before you could actually make sacrifice, the priests, you had to go to the priests that were there who were in charge of all that, and it would be their job to inspect your sacrifice and make sure that it was a worthy sacrifice, that there were no blemishes and that sort of thing. Well, they were in league with one another. The money changers, the, the, the sacrifice sellers, and the priests were all in cahoots uh, very often. And so the priests would, would find defects or come up with reasons to reject a sacrifice and force you, even if you had brought one from home, to force you to go to one of the people who were selling the sacrifices and buy one from an acceptable sacrifice from them. And, and then, you know, they were all in on it and they were all getting a cut. So it would force you to spend money at a higher premium that you hadn't planned on spending. Um, and so everybody was making money off of this. It was it was a scam. That's basically what was going on here. And so Jesus, of course, is aware of this. And so he comes into the temple area and uh, he says, look, in verse 13, he says, he refers back to Isaiah 56, 7, where he says, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves because they basically they were stealing from their own people. Uh, you know, whoever was there to make sacrifice. Uh, and, and so, um, you know, Jesus began to expose them. So, of course, they're going to be angry. He's turning, turning hierarchy, hierarchy against him, not, first of all, not on, theolo on a theological basis, but on a financial basis. He's taking money out of their pockets and he's exposing what they're doing and they don't like it. But then he goes on to say, uh, and the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. And so people were doing as they had become accustomed to and following Jesus around, coming to Jesus and, and he would heal many of the people, their diseases or whatever their situation was, or their, since they were lame and that kind of thing, uh, Jesus would heal them. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were sore displeased. Folks, they weren't sore displeased. They were envious. Um, as I mentioned in my last segment, they were, he was stealing their thunder. The people were looking to Jesus instead of looking to the priests, and they were seeing that he was able to do things they were not able to do. And he said unto them, Here's... Now what these say, and Jesus said to them, Ye have, have ye never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings? Thou hast perfected praise. Well, you know, that's back in the Psalms, 8-2 and 11-25, I think it was. But anyway, um, Jesus is kind of, and, and he's not doing this from a smart aleck point of view or approach or anything of that nature. 
he's pointing out to them that I am the Messiah. And, he's, and he says, you know, the, the scriptures have foretold what you're seeing occur here today. Can't you see that? Well, but to the priest and the hierarchy, he's basically rubbing it in their face. They're upset enough as it is. He's taking money out of their pockets. He's, uh, he's exposing their fraud. Um, and, and so now um, he's, he's telling them, I am who they say I am. You know, these, these children are innocent children. They're speaking the truth, and that's what the Bible says is going to happen. Um, they're praising the proper person. Well, of course, the hierarchy is not going to take kindly to that. So he's alienating them even further. But, you know, that's what happens with the gospel, though. Anything that when you hear, um, you know, the gospel of Jesus Christ, you hear things that come from God's word. You know, when we're, our faults are pointed out, whatever the Bible tells, teaches us, um, we, you know, we learn that um, our, our, it exposes the corruption in our own lives. Basically, it's what it does. And uh, you're going to either accept it and correct it, basically repent of your sins when it's exposed, or you're going to become angry. And that's what happens here. The, by and large, the Pharisees of the day and the ones who are benefiting from all the stuff we just talked about, they're, um, you know, they're being exposed. And so they're not taking very kindly to any of this. So um, Jesus then points all this out to them. So number one, He's turned all the hierarchy against him. So then we begin to move into the first day of the week. Um, verse 17, And he left them and went out of the city into Bethany, and he lodged there. Now in the morning, as he returned to the city, he hungered. Okay, so it's the new day. Clearly we have progressed into Monday, the first, you know, the... the of course, the first day of the week is Sunday, so but Monday is kind of the, the work week. Um, and so now he's progressed into Monday. So, so number one, we're into Monday, and these are the events that he begins to share with regard to Monday. But he also begin, and I'm not going to have time to get into the events just yet, but I, I do want to make this one point. Number one, he's already turned the hierarchy against him. Number two, he now begins to push this new theology, and this new theology, of course, is Jesus is the Messiah, as, as we pointed out in verse 16. That's what the children are proclaiming, and he's saying they're speaking the truth. Uh, and so what he, what he begins to do and what begins to occur uh, is they begin to see that he is indeed the Messiah. And, of course, they don't want to believe that, so they reject it. Um, but he, he starts with this whole... Um, uh, event surrounding the fig tree. Now in the morning he returned to the city hunger. When he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it, found nothing thereon, but leaves only and said to it, let no fruit grow on thee henceforward forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. So that's where we're at as we come to a close on this particular podcast. Jesus now has begun to do things that verify the fact that he is Messiah 
So he's now pushing this new theology. So this is kind of the second thing that he's done on this Monday that, uh, that the hierarchy has rejected. So we're done for the day. We'll come back and, uh, and pick up here in verse uh, 17 or so or 18, wherever it is we're at. We'll see you next time. Thanks and God bless.